When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. Late Night is off this week, but on today's podcast, you'll hear Seth's recent interviews with John Krasinski and our own cue card master, Wally Ferriston. Now, let's get to the show. You know our guest tonight from his work on The Office and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, his latest film, A Quiet Place Part 2, which he wrote and directed, opens in theaters May 28th. Please welcome back to the show and to the studio... Our very good friend, John Krasinski. Yeah! Physical contact. Physical contact. This is a lot. This is... Look at that guy. They're all here. One, four. Oh, so silhouetted. There's so many people. You... This is, uh... The definition of unfinished business, my friend. I mean, this is full circle. You're the uh, our first guest, <clears throat> one that I've given the hug to since, you know, uh, bad times. First guest, on we're camera, letting sit. To be fair. You're, yeah. you're hugging people like crazy on the oh street. My God, everywhere, in public, in streets, in stores. You are the first guest we're letting sit in this chair because you uh, were our last... Uh, uh, it's true. You were supposed to be our, our... You were the last guest that canceled on us before we... Uh, well, that's, I'm that's putting debatable. it on you. That's debatable. It was March 12th. I got the get in the car, get out of the car, get yeah. in the car, get out of the car. It was the way, I mean, we were sort of, uh, I think we knew it was real because we know you to be a solid guy who would never uh, shirk your commitments. And the fact that you said, hey, I don't think I should come. We, Shoemaker and I looked at each other and said, well, we gotta, I think we gotta get out of here too if Krasinski's out. <laughs> did Jack Ryan just say we gotta get out of here? <laughs> yeah. Everybody just starts heading. You, did, you gave us one of those Jack Ryan boards with like the yarn going over to different pictures. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. That's what I was doing. Um, the other trippy thing is not only uh, did you cancel March 12th of last year, and again, I want to keep saying you canceled. Yeah, it's I, really I, <laughs> subliminal, but it's really working. I'm feeling and then worse. I And I don't want to like put this on you, but like you canceled, and then everything went south. I don't know if you're the first I think the next day the NBA went. They heard I canceled, and they were yeah. like, oh my God, we're out. Um, but it was the crazy thing is you're here promoting the same movie. Yes. I mean, that's really the trippiest part. It's part 2.2. <laughs> it's part 2.2. <laughs> yeah. So this is a full... 14 months it's since you were supposed to yeah. uh, release it. Yeah. 
it's the most bizarre thing for for to make a movie and then not put it out. But right. clearly the world was going through something more bizarre than not putting out a movie. So there was very little emotion in making the decision to not come to this show. Now, making the decision to, to hold the movie was a bigger deal, but coming not coming to this was easy. Yeah. It was like a, easy. <laughs> <laughs> you uh but the other thing that must have been nice is if it had been the first Quiet Place, I was thinking about this, I feel as though, because you had this idea that was very novel and no one had seen a horror movie like that, and I think anytime you have material that you have to hold, mm. in the back of your head you're thinking, what if someone else comes up with this idea yes. while I have it done? So at least it was a sequel. You'd already sort of planted That's the true. flag. Yeah. Yeah. The weird part was because people knew the movie, I started getting texts, one of which from Maya Rudolph. It was about three months into the quarantine. She goes, all right, I get it. We've had enough. When are the creatures coming? And I was like, no, no, this isn't the movie. She's like, this is the movie. This is it. So, Were any friends asking in this desperate year where people were running out of things to watch? Were they saying, I know it's done. Give me the movie. Paul. Oh, Maya, yeah. Maya's man, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. who was also my filmmaking hero, literally said exactly that. He was like, no, I totally get it. It's a tough decision. Do you have a print of it? Can you just send it over? And I did. You did. Well, that's good. There are certain people you can't hold the line yeah, on. Yeah, no, totally. And I think uh, he's Paul also one of those people when you call the studio and you're like, can he? They're like, yep, yes, yes. And oh, I, like, I haven't even told you what he wants yet. And they're like, we already sent it. We sent him churros. We sent him popcorn. <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. He wants the movie. He wants the movie. Uh, you're actually, you know, this is obviously a, a different time as well. I think, had you had the premiere of Quiet Place 2? We did. You Two did. days before, I Two think, days before. I canceled. Oh, my God. You did it. You yeah. accepted. You canceled. You incepted. Yeah. <laughs> you spun us out. Yeah. It wasn't until, like, May that we could, like, had say, this isn't Had I not canceled, you would fault. have been doing the show all summer long. Absolutely. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would have insisted on audiences. Um, but you are now... Uh, because you're not doing a premiere, you already did it. Yep. You know, you're going theater to theater, which is a pretty cool thing. Well, this is my thing is, is we're so excited to be one of the first movies back. Yes. And I feel almost a responsibility. I had an emotional connection to it because I was one of the last movies to almost make it to the starting line. Then I thought I'd bookend it. Not that anybody else cares, but I think it's kind of special. <laughs> right. But if you're a fan of the movie, I wanted to bookend the, uh, the uh, pandemic for you. And I think the, the other thing for me is it's not about our movie. Sure, we hope you come see our movie. But at this point in time, it's about movies in general. It's just yeah. about getting back to the theater, getting back to being together, which we're going to be doing here soon, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at the end of the day, it's, a, it's, it's something. So we're going to all these theaters. I've been to Cleveland, New York, Miami. We're going to other secret locations. And it's been awesome. I mean, just to get there and see all these people who are working at the theaters who have been you know, hurting a bit, and we're, um, you know, it's really nice to celebrate them and bring them back. This is a, a family affair. Your wife, uh, Emily, is in the film. You are, yes. you appear in a flashback. I do. Um, Spoiler alert, great. You die in the first one. What and the hell, man? Look, I'm going to say why, here's why I said that. If people went a whole pandemic and didn't watch the first one, when they literally were watching right. everything. Yeah. If you didn't watch A Quiet Place yeah. this year, you're never going to watch <laughs> That's it. That's true. But That's maybe true. if there's people who desperately don't like you and want to see you die, and now they wow. know. Well, then now I'm saying yeah, I gave. It turned negative. <laughs> this got dark. It was like funny dark you and then really dark. You canceled on us. I'm actually scared. You canceled Somebody, on, on us. <laughs> How is it? Uh, I mean, we, we've talked about it before, but, you know, it's obviously a very intense scene. Uh, not this is now. I'm, I'm getting dangerous close. I don't want to give anything away. But how do you direct 
because this is a very this is one of those shots that's very complicated and, yeah. and it seems like very involved. I'm assuming it's something you have to rehearse for a fair amount of time. Like, how do you direct talking Emily? About Emily's yeah Emily's car scene yeah. So the car scene that I think is in the trailer is uh, that was definitely the hardest thing to shoot, but probably my proudest moment as a director. It's one of those things where every single crew member put their stamp and their fingerprints on it. But we were we we planned it for six weeks. We rehearsed it with stunts for three weeks. And then on the day, I said, Emily, do you want to rehearse one? She said, no, you know what? I just want to experience it organically. And I said, oh, great. So everything in that shot is actually happening to her. She's hitting human beings that are stunt people. There's a lot of cars almost hitting her by stunt people. And then there's a bus actually coming at her at 45 miles an hour. And I don't think she knew that part. <laughs> so as I closed the door, she's like, I just want to experience it organically. And I went, okay, great. And I shut it. And I went to the, I saw the camera crew go, I don't, I don't, and I was like, let's do it. And they're like, are you sure? And I was like, did I just put my marriage on the line? And then the car took off and I was like, wait. And we were rolling. I mean, she must be happy with the way it turned out though, right? I mean, it very, seems like yeah. her instincts were very good to react to it in real yeah. time. It was terrifying. Yeah. It was very, very scary. But the, uh, the cool thing is, it's a car that we build a pod on top. So the guy on top is actually a stunt driver. And I remember Emily said, she turned to the guy and he said, you okay? And she said, well, actually, my life is technically in your hands. And he went, don't worry, Ms. Emily, I'm the best. And she went, okay, that actually made me feel great. That made me feel really good. I would say that's every stuntman I've ever met. There's no stuntman rolls in, he's like, I'm the, I'm the C choice. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest with you, Miss Emily, I am mediocre. <laughs> Wait, what? I think a few guys fell out for me to get this job. Uh, I blew it. I had my meeting with John, blew it pretty hard. And I'll be honest, I, I just arrived on that there bus. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but it really is, uh, it, I, I think it is a lovely bookend, and uh, I want to congratulate you for uh, staying the course. And Thank I think you. It's this a is nice... a lovely bookend. It's so nice it to is. see you. And um, uh, I, uh, congrats, by the way, since uh, the time I, I, I was supposed to see you, uh, you canceled. And then now, uh, congrats again uh, on doing SNL. I know we talked Thank about you very much. That, was a, that is a life goal of all life goals. Yeah. And it was amazing to actually see it happen. Everybody was like, we're sorry that you had to do it during COVID. I was like, this is amazing. There was actually something really special about doing it during that whole time. Uh, it it uh, was amazing to watch the show and how they adapted this year. And it was really nice uh, to see you do it. And buddy, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Look at this. So we're going to touch your yes! human hands. Is anybody at Purell? <laughs> Quiet place. Part two opens in theaters Friday or another pandemic will happen. We'll be right Wait. back. Well, I'm just saying with more late night. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot You guys, Action Bronson has been on this show a great many times and we love Action. And what we love most about Action is you never know what's going to happen when he's here. Up to and including, you never know if he'll be here. And I am sorry to say that tonight he is not. Um, and I, he's welcome back. 
Uh, anytime. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, when you're supposed to be on a talk show, and then you don't show, <laughs> that's capricious. But we've got a fallback plan, you guys. This is a big deal for us. I can't believe we got him. You know him not just uh, from doing cue cards at our show. He's also uh, been doing cue cards at Saturday Night Live since 1990. Please, uh, well, just welcome from backstage. He was here. He's always here. Uh, please welcome Wally Ferriston. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, Steve, Mike, how are you doing? Oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? I know everybody. Take a seat. You know everybody. I, uh, um, I, I mean, had a rough entrance there. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> seven years in, we've never had anybody crash into, well, <laughs> the, into the door. I'm, always, I'm used to coming in from that way. Not yeah, that. well, it's still just a door. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you, That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, if you go through one door, you, you should yeah. be able to get through most. You know, I actually am bummed out because I, when you came out, I thought we should have done that. Th you know, sometimes when uh, people hit their first home run, they uh, none of the players clap. They applaud, yeah. I should have told the crew, don't clap when yeah, Wally that comes been, out. That would have been a little bit. That would have been funny. Um, Wally, thank you so much uh, for being here. Now, a lot of people think you just uh, hold cue cards. You actually have a company, and you do cue cards for a lot of different shows. And I want to ask real quick, you had to come up with a name for a company that encompassed everything it did. Yeah. And it had to be a, a name that would immediately make people think that guy obviously knows what he's doing. Right. You obviously you went through hundreds of names. I remember you doing it. Can you please tell everybody what you came up with? Uh, New York City cue cards. But <laughs> 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 I finished time. Hey. Probably wasn't 100 names. It was probably the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> and I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> Wait, what about Cue Cards by Wally? <clears throat> well, that's my other company. Oh, tell everybody about Cue Cards by Wally. Cue Cards by Wally, I started during the pandemic mm -hmm. when I wasn't, wasn't working. I, wasn't, I was bored and I was sitting around at home and I thought, uh, if I can't do Cue Cards for celebrities like yourself and other people, why don't I do personalized Cue Cards for people at home? Yeah. Because they can't go to birthday parties and they couldn't go to parties. It was kind of a perfect time to do it. And uh, these are on the iconic SNL cue cards? Same cue cards, written mm -hmm. by, written all by me. Yeah. Which I was shocked to think people would want. But they did. And every time I sent one out and I looked at it before I sent it out, I was like, they're really going to be disappointed, I think, because it's just really marker on a piece of cardboard. Yeah. But every, every time they got it, they were like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever gotten in my life. And they loved it. It's really nice when someone is willing to admit that their product yeah. is just marker on a piece of cardboard. It really was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's one of the things we love about you is yeah. your honesty. You, uh, 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 the other thing I want to say is, you know, this is no joke that a cue card by Wally is a big deal. I, in my dressing room, have my last SNL. Yep. I have the cue card uh, from my goodnight at Weekend Update. And, and sort of famously, a lot of cast members want a cue card and, and a lot of hosts take them home with them. Yeah, I'll, send, I'll put together a package usually for hosts and sometimes you know, I'll say, hey, do you want some souvenirs? So I just sent, it's funny, I sent Carrie Mulligan a, a package of her cue cards and then I did the Elon Musk show and I got home and there was a, um, a note, a uh, handwritten letter from, from Ireland. I thought it was from somebody else. So it was, it was after the show and I was really tired and I was reading it and I thought, still thought it was from somebody else. And it was from Carrie Mulligan thanking me for 
sending her the cards because she's like, she was like, I felt like it was a dream, but having these kind of make it feel like it was reality. So it was really nice. Who's the Irish person you thought you were getting a letter from? That... <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through a letter from Carrie I Mulligan, sent, you're like. I, there was an Irish guy that, um, that I connected with me on Facebook that just said he was coming to see this show. And it was the week after we shut down for the pandemic. So gotcha. he couldn't come over. So I sent him an Irish, you made a joke about Irish people and drinking, like you uh -huh. normally do. Uh -huh. And I sent him those cards. And I thought this was a thank you note for that. Oh, that's very nice. So, well, but it, but it, that's why I was confused. But then. Um, I, I don't, I, that wasn't a joke. That was based on something in the news. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Remember, I'm not meant. just going out. No, no, These no. Aren't I, just like ad hominem attacks no, on I, our I friends uh, across the seas. Hey, um, so this is, uh, I, I want to talk because I actually do think, you know, one of the uh, questions I get asked a lot, we used to do a Q&A when we'd have an audience mm -hmm. here. And a thing that people are genuinely fascinated by is why does our show use cue cards instead of a teleprompter? Right. Uh, now, the cue card shows, as I understand it, are, they all kind of come from the SNL tree. Correct. Uh, Jimmy uh, uses cue cards. Conan uh, used cue cards. Yep. You did him. Uh, we use cue cards. And I think it is, that's how we, uh, that's how we uh, came up. When hosts come on SNL, a lot of times it's the first time they've used cue cards. Yeah. So what is the first thing, and I've watched this happen, but explain to people the first thing you have to do when a host gets there insofar as a cue card. Well, I just, I, first of all, I ask them how their eyesight is, because that's the most important thing, if they can see all right. So I'll show them a, a normal size printing card, and then I'll show them a little bit bigger size printing card, just so we can get, get off on the right side. Then I've asked if they've ever worked with cue cards before, and most of them haven't. So it's just a basic talking about you know, seeing them all right. And then, you know, Don, the director of SNL, between me and him, then we'll talk to them about more specific things about how to play them and, you know, where to look at them and don't memorize anything, that kind of thing. And if you had, um, and sometimes you have a host who thinks they're not going to need cards and then over the course of the week. Yeah, like, you know, Matthew McConaughey was the nicest guy, but he was like, yeah, I'm not going to use the cue cards. And I was like, hey, no problem. We'll, I'll be over here, you know, if, if, if you need me, you know. And then by, like, Friday afternoon, he was like, so where are you going to be in case you know, I need him? And then I was going to be I'll be over there. And he was like, okay, just in case I need you. And then on Saturday, he was like, all right, where are you going to be for each sketch? And, and, he th and he thanked me after. And he, apolo he apologized. I go, you don't need to apologize. But he was like, I didn't understand how inclusive the cards were and how much it changed. That's you the know? thing. You can't, yeah. the real reason you can't memorize on the show yeah. is that there's no... It changes so You much. just tangent so much. Yeah. Um, uh, you had a moment uh, that I always uh, recall fondly with Charles Barkley. That was a Saturday rehearsal, yeah? Correct. It was that, and, and do you want to tell everybody uh, what went down? Yeah, so Chris Kelly, the stage manager, came over to me and said, uh, Charles wants to play a uh, practical joke on the cast, and he's going to um, pretend to be mad at you. No one knows about this but me and you. He's like, are you, are you good with that? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so we went out there for a sketch, and right in the middle of the sketch, Charles breaks character, and he starts yelling at me. He's like, Wally, I can't hold the cards still. I can't see him. He's like, Jesus. And, he, and he stormed off, and people were like... I, I fully bought it. People were like shocked. Will Forte actually yelled, hit him, to Charles. <laughs> Told Charles to hit me. So, <laughs> which I took, I took umbrage to a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, so, of course. <laughs> that meant that he thought it was true, yes. and he finally yeah, thought he you were going to get... Yeah, he was like, Wally's going to finally get, you know, hit, yeah. you know, get, get what's coming to him. So Charles stopped halfway off the stage, and then said, I'm just... Busted! Everybody laughed, and that was yeah. great. I was beat red, even though I knew about it. I didn't, you know, everyone was staring yeah. at me. And then I went over to Will, and I was like, "What was it? What the hell, Will?" <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I was just trying to defuse the situation." <laughs> I don't you know. know. It's not I, I remember. Know. I was like, "What the." Wally. It was yeah. very. I think yeah. the part that I can't believe all these years later is I'm like, I can't believe. 
Charles Barkley was such a good actor. Yeah. That I, and by the way, I didn't yell, hit him. No. But uh, I, at the same time, like if he had started hitting you, I would not have done anything. <laughs> well, I, mostly not no, because big, I don't love so, you. He's, he's so a big, big guy. Yeah, he's a yeah, big, yeah, yeah, I get it. No, that's, um, I understand. And you do sometimes move the cue cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know it and I know it and you move the cue cards. Um, uh, Wally, it's, you know, uh, and one of the other reasons, and I want to be sincere for a second, that we don't use a teleprompter is uh, we have a deep uh, a friendship. We've been, you've been holding yeah. cards, and I always say, like, 95% of the words that I've said on television yeah. over a, a, a career that's almost like 20 years long now yeah. uh, are cards that you've been holding up. And, uh, and uh, I remember that when I did the Golden Globes, uh, we had you there just in case, uh, standing in a tuxedo next to the teleprompter, yeah. uh, just in case something went wrong. Yeah, I never returned that tuxedo, by the way. You never returned it? No, I kept it. That's okay, right? Well, it's, a, <laughs> it's very unfair for you to say it now in front of America. Uh, this is Wally. You can see him um, most nights. <laughs> most nights on Late Night. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, action, uh, again, we do hope uh, you come back soon as well. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 12.35, 11.35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Welcome to Pura the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.